Welcome to the Age of Audio. My name's Graham Brown from the award-winning podcast agency Pickle & Co. The Age of Audio is a series of conversations with thought leaders and changemakers in the world of audio. That's podcasts, radio, and social audio, converging with big data to create engaging and authentic content for a new generation of listeners. So maybe, maybe we can start by looking at radio itself as a format and commercial radio and what that taught you as a host that you now bring into the world of podcasts. What, as a craft, what do you know that most podcasters might not have had the benefit of working in that field? So when people make a podcast, they make the assumption uh, straight off the bat that, hi, everyone, everyone's listening. Like, oh, let's tell everyone about what we're talking about. And I find that to be so, it pushes audiences away, where through radio, what I've learned is the power of the word you, right? Mm. So, oh, you listening right now. So basically, if, if someone says to me, I'm listening to a podcast and they go, oh, let me tell everyone. I look in my car and I'm like, who's everyone? It's just me. It's only ever one person. So I think when making a podcast, which we do in radio or the, the good radio hosts do, is always talk to one person because it's ever mm. going to be one person at a time that is listening and you're talking directly to that person. So for example, how I explain it is you're at a dinner table. There's three people at the dinner table, you, your co-host and audience people listening. If you're having a conversation with your co-host, you need to find a way of bringing that third person in. So mm. if you're talking to someone and you mention a town or a city that the listener or the person that's at dinner with you that wouldn't know, you'd go, oh, by the way, if you didn't know this, uh, this town mm. is uh, a place in the south of England or this is, you kind of always include them in the conversation using the word you rather than, oh, let's just tell the people listening what we're talking mm. about. You kind of, mm. you're automatically neglecting them, the audience, because it's like you're talking to everyone else and not the person actually listening. And that's something I tell every single person I work with in podcasts. And they're slowly, they're not going to get it straight away. They are still going to use the word, oh, let's tell the people. But mm. I think that the most powerful word in audio, which needs to go into podcasts more often is the word you, because you is me and it's me listening. Where did you learn that? Did you pick that up from people that you studied the craft from? Yeah. Were there, were there sort of, you know, like people in the field that you looked up to and thought, I want to be a radio host like him or her? There's a real great book where I learned that in. I, it was something I was doing anyway, but it really honed in the power of that word the word you. And it's a book by a guy called David Lloyd. He's a radio, he was a program mm. director in the UK. You might've heard of him, Graham. And it's, the mm. book is called How to Make Good Radio. And mm. it, when it comes, there's, there's a whole section in there about content and how you speak to your audience. And I think that perfectly translates, well, obviously perfectly translates to podcasting mm. because that is your content. And you've always, always got to talk to your listener as if it's one person. And to the point I say to them, put a picture above your microphone, put a picture on your wall and you're just talking to that person because that will make mm. it easier for you to include just one. Yeah. It's very much like the teaching advertising as well. The avatar, 
they call it a pen profile in the old days. They would actually sketch with a pen a picture mm -hmm. of the consumer, if you can call it that, the buyer. And, you know, who's reading this newspaper ad? And so the copywriters would always have this pen profile to hand, like a picture of the housewife in those days, right? The buyer. And they would then think about that person and their needs and so on. And in very much that creates the, a more engaging um, connection with that audience as well. 100%. 100%. We did that, our program director on day one. And he, he asked us at 104.8 Channel 4, I host a breakfast show in Dubai. Um, and the first thing he said is, who's your target audience? And we were like, hmm. um, I don't know, age between 18 and 34. And he's like, man, man or woman. And we're like, I don't know, a girl? We just didn't know the answers. And so he broke it down to literally, what does this one person do? Are they, are they, what, what kind of field do they work in? You get it down to a full character profile of the one person you are aiming for. And from mm. there, you're always talking to one person. So I say going into podcasts, create a profile of the listener, the demographic, what they do for a job. Do they have kids? How much, what's their salary? Where are they in that bracket? And you're always talking to that one person. Cause like you said, mm. in advertising, if they do that, you're advertising your podcast Right, so you need to know who it is exactly you are targeting. Mm. Tell me about breakfast shows. I'm fascinated by this concept. It seems like, you know, in the world of radio, I think any host speaking to another host would understand what a breakfast show really meant. For most mm -hmm. people, it's just sort of what they turn on when they're starting the day. But it's something else, isn't it? It, it must be extremely competitive. And it must Absolutely. require different type of host on a breakfast show as opposed to another type of show? What, what, what attracts you to a breakfast show? It's the sense of responsibility. I love being responsible for whatever output and whatever we put out there. Also yeah. more freedom. The breakfast show is the flagship show. It's the shop window. You know, it's the main thing you're selling. All of the other shows are talking about your show. You set up the day for the station and for all of the listeners for the rest of their day. If you have an awful show, we're not arrogant to think that they're then going to have an awful day, but we have the power to set up people's day right. So mm. when they go into their office, they're fired and ready to go. And I absolutely love it. So much more freedom. I've done UK radio, which you're probably very familiar with, Graham, uh, like Capital Radio, which is yeah. very short, sharp, snappy, word economy. Get everything, as much information you can get in within 20 seconds and then play a song. But with a breakfast show, you have so much more freedom. You can you can really go into you can really make the most of your storytelling. You can bring callers mm. on. You get so many voices. You get more listeners. Therefore, more people are calling up the show. Therefore, there's more stories. And what we've realised is that we're awful, and our listeners are so funny. We bring them on as much as we physically can, mm. so they all feel like they're part of something. It's not the mm. JJ and Nimi breakfast show. It's the the people show. We want we want them to to be a part of it and to come on and take the mick out of us and if we mess up people are texting in people are calling up it's like just kind of having a bit of a laugh so it's kind of like mm. just friendly banter i hate the word banter but it's just a bit of a laugh in the morning just to set them up for the day nice that's an alan partridge word isn't it so <laughs> banter alan partridge banter this is good banter <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, um, bit of a private joke there for people who didn't watch Alan Partridge. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious, like, you know, when you think about radio, and if I go back to uh, my youth, which was many, many years ago, that radio always had that call-in element. That was a big deal. That really made radio, you know, whether it was um, the sort of, like you say, the breakfast call-in or... Um, you would have the requests. I always think about the guy on radio. What was it? Mike Reed, who had the mm-hmm. request, the request show. Yeah, yeah, or like the, the the story of the two people that kind of met and then they kind of went away and had mm-hmm. the sad the sad song, our song. That was it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They had all that kind of stuff, and it was very much involving people outside the audience. You, right? Um, but when we think about podcasts, it doesn't really happen, does it? It's still very much stuck in the sort of man speaks to man mode. What, what do you think yeah. is missing? Do you think it's possible with podcasts? Does it need it because it has social media? Do you think we're missing something? I think the radio still wins to an extent. Like we've had Spotify, we've had Apple. You've noticed in radio request shows aren't really happening anymore because if you want a request show, just grab your phone and put your song on yourself. Do you know what I mean? Um, Where I think radio really wins is that a lot, same as podcast, it's free, but also where radio kind of pips it a bit, where I think podcast will step up its game and there'll be more of that, is that it's live. Anything can happen at any time and we might have a show plan and a caller might come on and say a story. Like for example, we had a caller come on saying that it was leading up to Valentine's day and they're like, Oh, I've not really got anyone, not really met anyone. I'm single. And then we literally spent one hour and 15 minutes trying to find this woman a day. <laughs> and then we had men coming on and she was turning them down going, no, thank you. And then we get another bloke on. And then finally she met her match they went on a dinner date and now this was about a year and a half ago. They're still together. And then he's going to be proposing soon. Oh, there you go. Let's cue the music. And we have him on the line. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like the power of just pulling people on. Yeah. Nice. I like it. It's, It's a lot of fun, isn't it? And it creates that live experience. That's missing in podcasts. But it's I'm happening, good. right? Yeah. It's still, it is happening within podcasting. You can do it live through YouTube, LinkedIn. People are yeah. commenting. People are getting involved. Once you can actually get a bit of a phone-in element, which I'm sure you can do, and once mm. that becomes the norm within podcasting, that's where podcasts will raise will raise this game. So in a like 6 a.m. Mm. or your 10 a.m. slot, you could probably have that in your podcasts where you're listening for an hour on your drive mm. to work and it's it's live every single morning. Who wants to make a podcast at 6, 7 a.m.? I'm not sure, but we do it in radio. Why not podcasts? Yeah, like running a live show. I know it's your scene. You see your blood, isn't it? You love it. You love oh, being mate, up there on, on the stage, the limelight. You love all of that. Like being oh, like, at the moment of insanity, it could all melt down. It's yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, playing with that and going, I could really mess up in this situation and doing live radio you know this could be the last show you ever do who knows what's going to come out like well, so it's to some exciting. radio hosts right you know they, all the like, time mate was it russell brandon i can't remember the other guy oh, the jonathan ross i mean that was yeah. in hindsight incredible radio incredible yeah. i still watch it sometimes on youtube it's so good yeah it uh, got people talking what, what do you think about um i mean just on the, finishing up on the radio part, what do you think about people like Howard Stern in terms of the format of radio that he created? Obviously, he made a lot of money from Sirius. 
And um, it's interesting, like, you know, when I first saw Harold Stern, I didn't really like him because he just mm-hmm. had all these kind of like freaks and weirdos and strippers and stuff like that on the show. And I thought, well, this is like just dumb. They're filling time. Mm-hmm. They've got like, you know, hours and hours of programming to fill and they're just doing all these silly prank calls and stuff. And yet, like later on, I've seen him now. He's doing like interviews and like he'll interview. He's actually a really good interviewer. I was really surprised. One of the best. He, uh, yeah, I would agree with you, JJ. He's like really good. And he, I think in a way, because his questioning really disarms people. He's not like, you know, an Oprah who's teeing you up with like hitters. So you can knock out the park, right? Mm-hmm. He's like coming in. I won't say anything here on recording, but you know what I mean? He will say stuff that is really direct and just go straight for it. He started off his career doing something that no one else was doing in radio. And he created the title Shock Jock. The, hmm. the, the shock presenter will say something outlandish. He'll get the strippers in on the show. It's being kind of done and has been done again uh, over the last 10 years in Australia on Kiss FM. There's a show called the Kyle and Jackie O show. And you'll yeah. see a lot of their videos going up in rotation because Kyle looks up to Howard Stern. It's his idol. There's a lot of presenters that are trying to do that, but I feel like that age has passed. I think Howard Stern did it at the right time and now has changed his style to fit the society society and culture, cancel culture, especially that we're in. Mm. If he was doing that, what he was doing then now, he wouldn't have a job. He would just be chewed up and spat out. So he's changed his tact, but what Howard Stern does that a lot of presenters don't, and it's the simplest rule, the simplest thing. And Graham, you're very good at this. It's that he listens. Mm. He listens to who 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 he's he's talking to. So many times I hear an interview, and uh, if you're listening right now, you'll probably agree, and you can hear it. Is that you'll ask a question to 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 the singer or the artist or the superstar, and they answer the question. You go, "Oh, that's great," and then they look down to their sheet of paper and go, "Oh, can you?" What I really wanted to ask was X, Y, and Z. No, mm. have one question have only one question on that sheet of paper. That one question, see it as a tree trunk. That tree trunk is one question. They branch it off and then you branch off from that and they branch off and you branch Mm. off and just be deeply engaged with whoever it is you're interviewing. And you don't have to prep. Do a bit Mm. of research on them, go for it. But have just a normal conversation that's super relaxed. If you're relaxed, your guest is relaxed, you're going to get more content out of them and and your listeners are going to be so much more relaxed listening to it. Nothing mm. worse. Nothing worse, Graham. And you probably hear it every single day in Singapore. It happens in Dubai. It happens in the UK where the host is clearly just not listened to a word the person has said. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I wonder if it's because they're scared a little bit, That especially in like when we work with corporates. It's not natural for them to go with one question you have to have a list of questions and of be prepared. You know, that, that's sort of, they're, they're not radio hosts by training and they're used to like polished presentations and therefore they have all these questions. I think over time though, they get better and they mm-hmm. get more free flow, which is I think really it's nice just, I think I think it's just listening though, Graham. Do you not agree? Just listen to what mm. they're saying. And I find if you're, if you're deeply engaged, like we are mm. right now, we're deeply engaged in each of us conversation a question will pop up on the top of your head. Mm. You need to trust yourself that a question will appear. You know, it will, if you're actually listening to what they're saying. Hmm. Do you find yourself like mindful of that when you're talking to people that 
at some point, for example, like if we're talking, you've got this question coming up. Oh, got to ask this, got to ask this, got to ask this. But like you're kind of pulling yourself back a little bit and just say, okay, just wait till it finishes. And then almost like the inspiration will come. How, how does it work with you when you're sort of in that zone talking to somebody and interviewing them? Just remember when you were in PE and you did those falling those fallback exercises where someone will catch you, the question will catch you. And if you have a question pop up in your head and then they carry on talking and that question then becomes dissolved, that's fine. Another question will yeah. come in because you're actually listening. Don't have a question pop up in your head, interject, no. Don't let a question pop up in your head and then think, I'm going to just think about this question. Yeah. This is what, this is my next one. Thank you so much, Brain. No, it's, it's there. It's floating around. If you can attack it with that question, fine. Just be free flowing and just let the questions mm. come to you. Because if you're listening, like you do very well, Graham, a question is going to pop up. I'm sure all these mm. questions you've asked me, you didn't have written down. You can tell. No, no. I, I take that as a vote of confidence. You say you can tell. Yeah. As it, you know, it's in a way, it's like, um, you got to go down a rabbit hole sometimes, don't you? And like some people, they have their seven questions that they've got to steamroll through. And yet maybe you said something really interesting, like about questioning, and then we're just going to stick on this point for as long as it's interesting and just keep going down that until yeah. it starts becoming interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's just being able to do that. It, it requires a bit of confidence though. I feel a bit of practice to do that, that you yeah, feel absolutely. that actually this can, this can come to a good resolution rather than I'm stuck. How do I get out of this dead end? Right. How I would do it for say, you mentioned corporate clients have seven questions there and mm. don't look at them unless you physically have nothing else to say on the, in that rabbit hole you were talking about, go off on a branch, go off on another tangent, go off on another tangent. If that naturally resolves, then you can have your, your, your safety net as it were, mm. is your questions or your safety net where you can then ask something else. Mm. Okay. So changing question then I, I want to know about your thoughts. Cause you, you've, like you've got this really interesting background as a host on radio and worked in TV as well. Mm -hmm. And you've, you've dabbled with fame as a pop star. Interesting, intriguingly. Mm. And you're in the space now, obviously you're giving other people a voice. When you look at podcasts, for example, who do you think is really approaching this in a, an interesting way? What have you sort of seen, heard? that sort of really sparks your imagination because like 90% of it is, you know, man speaks to man. That's how it is. And it's kind of like, okay, what's your story then? And yeah. I think yeah. there's so much more we can do. Like going all the way back to your first points about like you, what do you want to hear as a listener? Let's talk to you. Right. So who, who do you think is really inspiring you in this space? That's creating interesting work. They're sort of maybe pushing the boundary a little bit on podcasts. To be honest, Graham, I don't think there is a pod. I'm sure you will know you've been in this space so much longer than me. I knew radio mm. the back of my hand and because I can, I, I could audio produce. I know how to present. I feel like I know how to teach uh, someone to become a better host, not the mm. best host that takes a lot of work. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's just the podcast space is littered with great, some really great 
man and man and man and woman having a chat with a guest. And uh, I mean, Joe Rogan's part to blame of that, right? The amount of mm. podcasts that have popped up where it's just like, oh, lads, we'll have a drink and we'll just sit around a table and we'll have a chat and we'll just see where it goes. And 90% of podcasts are dreadful. It's littered with not good enough podcasts, in my opinion. Um, but as, as a sense of where it could go and what it hmm. could be live, a live element to that. It's got to be live. It, You're fully involved in the live space. That's you, yeah. isn't it? You want that. Or some type of show, like an yeah. actual show that you can engage with rather than interview style. I think interview yeah. style will be here for the next couple of years. And then once <laughs> other formats and some great producers start producing really mm. great engaging content like you would see on the television mm. uh, like on the television on the on the telly or on netflix and creating actual shows that game yeah. show sense or or something entertainment like that. yeah i love the, yeah. the keywords show isn't it i know mm. it doesn't sound like a big deal but we we're now webinar to death and every webinar is an event isn't it rather than a mm. show an event yeah. is like, you know, an appointment to watch something, whereas a show is like an experience mm -hmm. for you, right? And just thinking from that perspective, like this is a show I have to entertain, not inform at the end of the day. You know, I have to make sure that it's rewarding for you. I'll have something that has contestants, has a host and contestants that come on at separate times and play something or do something and where it's quite fun and doesn't take itself too seriously, where everyone's just having a bit of a laugh. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure what it is, Graham. I'm not sure what yeah. it is, but I know, that, I know that's where it's going. And I think we've companies like, like Pickle that is always asking the question, what next? There's mm. a lot of production companies that are going, what's happening now? Okay, let's do that. But a little bit better if we can mm. uh, on a call and response, just a guest and a host having a chat and maybe we can put some good jingles in and better production and, uh, it produced the audio quality better with better microphones. It's then where will it go from there? Mm. Radio on the BBC started back in the twenties and the thirties. And now radio has become more of a show rather than just one man talking down a microphone and you will listen. So it is evolving. Mm. And I think, I think with um, a lot more people are listening to podcasts as a group or have the group opportunity to listen as a group with the smart speakers and stuff mm. like that. Mm. I think there's a real opportunity there in doing group activities. I don't know if you were in kind of the wellness space or mm. a yo you could do a yoga type class where you can just put a speaker in the middle and people are sat around it and mm -hmm. doing a podcast in that way. I don't know what it is, but mm. I know that's where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. The shared experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's live, interesting. Live, live has to be live. Yeah, appointment, no, appointment to listen every day at six a.m. You've got this podcast with. The problem with radio, Graham, is that it's always manufactured. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the hosts that are on the station together are manufactured, have been put together, and it really is. Uh, it could, it's a do or die. And with a podcast, you're your own boss. You can create the show and you can have a live show with your best friend where people are calling in and they can build, they can buy into the real rapport that you and your friend have or you mm. or your co-host have. There's not many shows where it's like they went to school together, they went to uni mm -hmm. together and then they both got into radio and they had a show. There's one in Australia, the Hamish and Andy show were genuine best friends from university, both got into radio in Australia, the hardest market to be number one in, and they were number one for years because it was genuine rapport. So mm. where radio is missing is real genuine, 
authentic rapport between mm. presenter and co-host mm. where in a podcast space if that was live and you were genuine best friends i think people would buy into it more hmm. well the technology is definitely getting better like that stream yard for a few hundred bucks you can get what would cost a few million bucks like 20 years ago that's, mm -hmm. that's how good it is now um, it doesn't have all the, the mixing's not there, but like the video aspect of the transitions, patching people in, you know, it kicks Zoom's ass, basically. It really yeah. does. It's good. I mean, it's worth having a look at. Just in terms of like, yeah, in terms of like what it can do. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that to me is like as good as you need right now. Obviously, you're not going to be able to do like balancing the audio levels, but to some extent, I don't think audiences care so much. They're a bit sort of, you know, especially if it's coming out of the laptop speaker, they don't worry too much. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's um, it's pretty good at the moment where we are with that in terms of technology. The issue now is like, um, can you get good people on it to make it work, right? There's so many great personalities that don't necessarily haven't worked in radio mm. uh, for a sense, but like genuine best friends that if with a tiny bit of coaching, like if I know if I did a radio show with mm. my best, with my best friend, my ride or die since I was like 13 or 10 and I did a radio show with him, it would be so authentic and so yeah. real. And there's no off -com. There's no one going, you can't say that. You can't do that. Don't say this. Like just completely off the wall. I think you can do it in that space. Obviously mm. you can't get away with that in radio. I would never do a radio show with my best friend because fuck knows what will come out. Um, but in the podcast space, mm. there is so much room for authenticity. And that's why I've been thinking, why is podcast working? And you probably have a better answer than I do. And I genuinely think podcasts where content is getting shorter and shorter and shorter and people are consuming shorter content, mm. AKA TikTok, Instagram videos, but podcasts is 20, 30, 45 minutes long. And the retention rate I read was 90% of people that start an yeah. episode finish it. Crazy, crazy numbers. Yeah. It's because in a world, what I believe is in a world of digital media where everything is faked, it's not real life. People are posting a good angle with the nice bodies and stuff like that. And then two seconds later, they've got bloated tummies and nothing's real anymore. Audio and podcasts in long form is people have been crying out for something mm. that is real. Mm. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Th those are my words entirely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think even though, like, think about those words. Like, I don't know, like, if I've said this to you before, but even if you think about the word authenticity, authentic and audio and audience all share the same etymological root, right? Mm-hmm. You're so clever. Etymological. Etymological. I even say it really well. I know. I want to say it again. Etymological. I'm Etymological. It's uh, but the you know the interesting thing is like they like all come from ancient Greek, the same word, and the actual ancient Greek word they all come from means to feel, to perceive, right? Which is really interesting because they've all come from this root like authenticity in audio is that is like the most authentic uh, medium for us, right? We can perceive and feel. Over the last 10 years, we've pulled away. Social media has got us on this dusty path of things yeah. not being authentic and not being real. Then this medium comes up where people are listening and you can't bullshit on a podcast for a whole season or hundred episodes over 45 mm. minutes per rep. People will know who you are yeah. and whether you're full of shit or not. You can't lie. Yeah. 
which is super right. exciting. Super it is, exciting. It is. That's why even the live element makes it more interesting, right? Because it yeah. is more extreme, more authentic. You're on yeah, the line I'm, again, like you said, like anything can happen, which is super exciting. Anything. I love that. That's like why people go to live concerts, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when we'll just listen to the CD. We don't have CDs these days. No, too, but you, yeah, you're so, right, though. I, I wonder, like, you know, what I'm thinking is like, how can I, how can, like, I identify those people who, like they're not influencers, but you know what I mean? There's people, there's talent who have something to say and like put them in this format and then use them like, you know, not charge them to do this because then use them to advertise this platform because I need those people to advertise the fact that this thing exists. Right. Mm. And then people see these guys and go, Oh, I want to do like this guy. Okay, fine. They've got to manage service. Right. So that's what I'm trying to think. Cause we've got this be your own show service, but mm-hmm. we don't have any talent for it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's those kind of guys. It's like, you know, you would be able to spot them, I'm sure. Like people, they're probably not radio hosts, but they're probably, you know, like the opinion leaders who just kind of don't realize they can do this stuff, right? They need coaching. They need a service and bang, put this together, right? I think it's the the type of personality that I know would do this format really well is your successful YouTubers. Cause what they've done is mm. take TV and then they've created their own content, which is theirs and they can do anything and anything can happen. And that sort of space are so kind of the YouTuber of the, the podcast world, you know, YouTubers yeah. are now stepping into that space and that some of their podcasts sound great. Hmm. really fun really exciting if they were then live where people were constantly getting involved and and calling in or involving themselves in a show i think that would be a, a real winner yeah you like that calling don't you you won't let that one go that's the i think that's just where the money know, shot for you it's just always has been i listen yeah. to like bbc radio one with greg james and it's it's not about him a, a, a breakfast show a radio show should not be about the hosts it should be about mm. you listening it's your show not not the radio host show it's always yours you've been listening to the age of audio with me graham brown from the award-winning podcast agency pickle and co to get access to all the audio conversations and book content for The Age of Audio, go to www.theageofaudio.com. One more time, theageofaudio.com.